powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be your host here today on a pretty disappointing 6-5 loss for the Jets uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the loss coming in overtime, of course, on a night where the Jets had a, uh, a two-goal lead multiple times in the evening. Uh, unfortunately, are just not able to hold on to it. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about this. Uh, and, and, you know, honestly, kind of a bit of a mixed bag game, in my opinion, because uh, while the Jets did get killed in the expected goal side of things, while the Jets did, um, you know, not the, the, like the Kings definitely played better than the Jets tonight. That's 100 percent sure. Um, but the Jets also gave us reason to believe. Um at the, at the point we are in the season right now, um, actually, you know, before we do that, you know, I personally didn't see the Jets losing this game the way it was going. I thought that they had this in the bag, personally. Not in the bag, but I thought that, uh, I thought they would be able to eke it out at least. Uh, but regardless, uh, want to bet you think you know which way it's going to go. They get in, get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame live and player on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN or in Ontario, download the app now using the, the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Um, Alrighty, now, now that that's out of the way, the... What I was what I was basically trying to say was this was a very mixed bag game in in the sense that there were reason that this game felt different than the recent ones that we've had from the Jets. The you know we'll get into the the roller coaster weekend that we had, um, but the Jets have been getting outplayed every single game, outshot, uh, and just not able to create chances. Uh, early on, the Jets end up going uh, up and uh, scoring some goals, and honestly, it, it breathed life into this team. Um, we'll get into Josh Morrissey and his effect on, on the team, you know, a four point night for him. Absolutely fantastic. Um, we'll talk about Nino, of course, in, in his debut, uh, and that massive hit. Oh my God. <laughs> but, um, but first I think uh, it's, it's important to, to ground ourselves. Remember where we were at before this game started. Um, so obviously there's the, you know, the absolute roller coaster weekend on Friday, the, the Jets get absolutely pumped in the most important game of the season, uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and then Saturday is, is a bit of an upswing for Jets fans. Oh, we got this guy. We got, we got Nino Niederreiter, uh, and it costed us only a, a, you know, a second round pick. Uh, that's fantastic. You know, it's, it's such, uh, an up to, to at least breathe life into this team. As a fan, I spent the entire day getting really excited, uh, hoping that, of course, this is just one of uh, of many big swings that Chevy would take this deadline, uh, which, of course, we're going to have to talk about that because that was this is the last game. This was the last Jets game before the trade deadline. So uh, we're obviously going to have to talk about that and obviously talk about the crazy, ridiculous day. Um but to continue on before this game, like I said, uh, and then we we have you know we're on the upturn from from the Nino news, and then Sunday's game rolls around and the Jets lay an absolute egg against the Islanders. 
Um, if you tuned into uh, Game Over, uh, we had Nick Lineman, and we had a uh, a very important discussion as to where the Jets are. Are you know is it is it worth uh, you know adding at the deadline? Does this team deserve it even? Um, I would suggest you go check that out if you did miss it, but because uh, you know that that conversation lends mostly to. Uh, you know, where the Jets are at as a team at the moment. And I think that, you know, despite, uh, you know, having good things happen tonight, uh, they're kind of still in the same place. And again, we'll, we'll talk trade deadline in, in, you know, a little bit on later. We've got to talk about the game first, of course. But, you know, entering into the game, uh, you know, we we get the line combinations come out. Oh, look, Nino Niederreiter is going to be playing with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nick Ehlers. And then you have Connor Scheifele-Wheeler on the second line. You know, you haven't seen those guys together <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, so an old staple from the Maurice era comes back out uh, in the Connor Shifley Wheeler line. Uh, the, you know, we're all expecting to see how that goes. And coming into this game with that in mind, I was just wondering what the usage was going to be like because um, I'm willing to give Connor Shifley Wheeler. This is me prior to this game, to be clear. Uh, I was willing to give Connor Shifley Wheeler a uh, you know. At least a chance, because it really depended on the usage of those players. Um, you know, if if we were in the case where Pierre-Luc Dubois was playing tonight, uh, and you know it was Ehlers on his Ehlers and uh, Niederreiter on his wings, then you know that's a line that I think you can kind of play in almost most situations. That's a line that can get the puck out of their zone, move up ice. Um, Whereas the the Connor Shifley Wheeler line, I would be much more worried about starting them in their D zone. Uh, I think that they would be, you know, I guess okay for the time being, uh, with getting mostly ozone starts. Um, but then the news comes in that Pierre Luc Dubois unfortunately will not be playing tonight. Uh, a scratch because he has a lower body injury, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, that's what they at least said on the broadcast. And then, uh, Mason Appleton also out tonight. I'm not sure what was his ailment, but, um, but you know, two, two main roster pieces not playing tonight. Of course, the big one being PLD. So, uh, we didn't really get to have the, you know, the, the audition, uh, you know, to see who's going to play with Nino uh, or where Nino's going to play, uh, that we were expecting because, uh, Adam Lowry ends up jumping up. Um, and what I'm actually surprised that the uh, Jets ended up doing, rather than just, you know, leaving your your fourth line wingers out to dry and just letting them play, you know, every now and then, and, you know, just sticking on the PK, uh, because they did end up rolling with, um, sorry, 11 forwards and 7D tonight. Uh, what they ended up doing is just cycling the centers. Uh, so one shift, you know, Shifley would be with one set of wingers, then Lowry the next, then Stenlin the next, and then, you know, as the cycle goes, you get every single set of wingers out there. And then your centers just end up playing a little bit more, um, which I thought was actually a good thing. And, uh, you know, I think mostly worked out for the night, but uh, we'll get into the collapse later on, of course. And, you know, as much as sometimes it's it's fun to, you know, you know, pick out a certain thing that we want to talk about. You know, a lot of times, listen, I have talked about momentum to this and that and then use examples from the game. I just want to take you guys through the game because... It was very interesting as a fan, and and I think that the fan experience is very important, um, especially with people who are in the building. Um, when the Jets get down, or when the when the fans are down on their team, it reflects in the Jets. Um, not to say that you know fans shouldn't boo or fans shouldn't uh, be frustrated with their team and voice that, um, but it does. You know, I don't think it helps the Jets, and I'm not saying that you know we have to go there and coddle them and be like, oh, you guys are doing great when they aren't. 
Um, but it was it was very interesting to see tonight how the crowd was so much more into it. The, they were so much there was so much more support for the team. Um, I think it was because obviously the the, the guys were scoring and uh, and actually were looked like they gave a shit tonight. Um, but it's 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 infectious to see how uh the crowd rubs off on the team and you know a great introduction for nino to at least our fan base um <laughs> man that hit I'm, I'm gonna jump ahead i gotta say it wow holy um you know i thought i thought right away you know i'm gonna talk about the first period and go period by period as i like to do a lot here um but you know first period nino had like four hits uh, he was rocking and rolling, a great way to endear yourself to a fan base. And then in the second period, oh my god, what a hit on Sean Dursey. Might get looked at by the league. He does hit him in the head. Uh, I think the right call was made there. Um, a lot of people were kind of confused as to what the penalties were. Uh, he ended up getting a two-minute for head contact or, you know, uh, what's the word? I, I can't remember the way they, they uh, specified in the rule book, but it's like it's specific hit to the head um and then he got two for roughing for all the commotion afterwards that was created by him um but wow like he 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 showed up and gave it his all and you know it wasn't you know he didn't score any points tonight um he had what like two shot attempts uh most of them were blocked excuse me but i can see that he will be you know if if he's not the only piece that the jets get if the jets do want to go for a run and end up adding a lot more pieces he fits right in. I think that he'll be great. Uh, again, first first game with the team, you can't really fault him for not getting, um, you know, not getting any points. Uh, I think he played really well tonight. He showed he at least showed the reason why we acquired him. Uh, you know, big guy likes to play hard on the puck, likes to play hard on puck battles, likes to try and get shots. Immediately from the start, he was trying to get shots on net right away, uh, which is something that we have been yelling and screaming for the Jets to do is to freaking shoot the puck. But anyways, I digress. Uh, we'll get back into the game. Um, one of the things that I was, you know, I, I was really, you know, liking in the first period is I thought that Morgan Barron, uh, actually just this game all in all, but in the first period especially, he was absolutely buzzing. Uh, I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to him because I think that he's going to get lost in all of this goals here. I think that he had a fantastic uh, game tonight. He was, uh, you know, battling hard in the, in the corners. He directly led to one of the Stenling goals um, and, you know, really good for the bottom six to be chipping in. But like I said, we'll go through the goals, of course. Um, let me just see here. Uh, first little bit that I had written down here was the Jets get a power play off of an uh, Edler interference. And this is where we kind of get a picture as to see what the new power play is going to look like with uh, Nino Niederreiter on there. Of course, he was taking the bumper slot. Um Rick Bonus had quotes, I think it was earlier today, or it might have been the other day. Um, he said that he wanted, he put Nino in there because he found that the the players that were playing the bumper were getting a little too, I think he used the word still, uh, meaning, mainly meaning that they were just sitting there and waiting for something to, uh, you know, for a pass to get forced over to them, whereas he wants to see a little bit more movement. And right away, uh, we saw Nino provided a little bit of, uh, a different option there. There was just like these little extra little passes that I found created a lot more space for the Jets. There's just one little one where like uh, Connor didn't really have an option as to where to go. Nino just kind of like goes up to him just to be like, hey, give me the puck. I'll give it back to you. He then passes it down low to Shifley. Shifley wraps it around or went to the net. But point is, 
creating space. And uh, I actually, I actually really like Nino there. Of course, I would love to have Nikolai Ehlers on that first power play, but I'm not even going to get into that. I don't know why Blake Wheeler is on that power play, but I digress. It is what it is. Uh, the Jets get the first goal. Josh Morrissey with a uh, with a big rip goes off the back wall, bounces on top of Phoenix Copley's skate, and then Mark Shifley starts digging at it. Uh, I don't think that he actually got any had any effect on the puck, uh, but he definitely caused at very least uh, Phoenix Copley to you know kind of panic a little bit. Regardless, the puck ends up getting loose going into the slot, and the guy who ripped it from the point originally busts his ass, crashes the net in. And, uh, and finishes off. Josh Morrissey scores. And oh my god, the pop. The pop at the Canada Life, Canada Life Center uh, when Josh Morrissey scored here was fantastic. Just everyone a sigh of relief. Oh my god, we can score goals, guys. We can put the puck in the net. Um, yeah, just just fantastic. And, and this entire first period, I was sitting there going, uh, Morrissey looks a lot more engaged. The entire team looked a lot more engaged. Um, you know, I guess Rick Bonus's practice that he ran the other day, we all heard that he uh, he was getting real loud in practice. He had a, a coach only practice in the sense of uh, no assistance there, and he was really enforcing uh, that the Jets need to be harder on their sticks, need to be crashing the net more, getting shots on. Um, you know, really, really good uh, to see the Jets at least respond at the start like this. We had some Go Jets Go chants going. Ooh, it's been a while since we've heard that. Wow, that was nice. And then uh, <laughs> and then Dylan DeMello gets a loose puck and just passes it over to Josh Morrissey. And it was like, I, oh, I'm i trying to think of uh, it. Like, it felt like almost like, like an anime. Like, it, the camera zooms in on, on Josh Morrissey's face. You get the, like, camera slash across the screen. It shows that. And then it shows the open ice in the net. And he just walks in and just absolutely rips it. Oh my God, Josh Morrissey, second goal of the game. The f the fans are losing their mind. What a shot! Just incredible. Um, and you know, Josh Morrissey, like we gotta say, Josh Morrissey is the heart and soul of this team. When this team is not looking well, over this past little stretch where the Jets have been playing poorly. Josh Morrissey has just not looked as engaged. It just seems like maybe, uh, you know, frustration set in. Maybe just things just haven't been going his way. Who knows? I mean, it, it's it's pretty deflating when you play on a tough team like this. And uh, I don't blame him for maybe not being at his best, um, you know, over the, the past, what, like seven games where the Jets have one win and the win was the uh, the Hellebuck, <laughs> uh, like, like whatever it was, the... Uh, the crazy performance he had against uh, New York. Um, yeah, just, just insane. Uh, so, so man, it, it's fantastic to see Josh Morrissey is kind of back, returned a little bit to form after a couple of games where maybe he wasn't the most effective player, not to say he was bad, but again, just saying that he wasn't the, the Josh Norrissey guy that we've been touting all year. Uh, so it was fantastic to see him uh, back in, uh, you know, back back to form, as we'll call it. Um, and, you know, period uh, period goes on. Hellbuck makes a couple big saves. The The period ends with shots being uh, 11 to 7. Of course, not great, not fantastic, but, uh, you know, shots aren't what matter. The, the period ends 2 nothing, and it feels good to be a Jets fan. The Jets are up 2-0. How long has it been since there's been a, not even a two-goal lead, a, a lead that the Jets have had? Um, 
they just haven't been scoring over the past stretch. Uh, but finally, tonight we get some goals. Uh, again, Mor Morrissey, just a fantastic uh, game, fantastic period. Uh, we'll move on a little bit here. Uh, the second period starts with a pretty poor, uh, pretty dumb little little holding call that Pionk takes. Uh, the guy was already past you, buddy. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, but the the Kings do not take long to respond. Six seconds into the power play, uh, Kopitar wins the draw, goes back to Doughty. Doughty passes it to Fiala. Fiala sees uh, Kopitar sitting over in, in all the free space. Nice little pass over to him, and he just rips a little one-timer in. Kopitar scores. Get used to me saying that. We'll be saying it many, many times tonight. And, uh, and yeah, just, just really great, uh, really great by the Kings insane. Like just a, what a great, uh, what's it called? Uh, like set play off the draw, like just, you know, good on them. One of the best power plays in the league. Uh, but I didn't expect them to score that quickly. And now we're only up one goal, a little bit of adversities hitting for the jets. Uh, <laughs> you know, guys are still battling. It's a bit of a back and forth, uh, for a little bit. And then Kyle Connor. Whoa, baby, what a snipe. Uh, nice. One of the things I found the Jets did actually a lot better tonight is their transition play was much better. Maybe it's the way the Kings play, but they weren't, uh, the Jets weren't getting stopped up at the line as much, it felt like, this this game. Um, and the passes were a lot more crisp, it felt like. So uh, that's one thing that is, has definitely improved. I'll say that for sure. Um and just one where, you know, Shifley gets a nice little pass from Morrissey uh, in the neutral zone. He brings it up into the zone, does a nice little handoff to Kyle Connor. And Kyle Connor, you're not supposed to be able to score from that that spot. Uh, he takes a shot from the bottom hash mark against the boards uh, on his left side. So on his strong side, which means he's not even getting the like, you know, if he's shooting that way, he's getting the open of his shot um no his stick was even further ahead of him than his body and he rips it far side above the shoulder i think uh on phoenix copley goes bar down and in what a uh a fantastic shot but not too long after <laughs> anze kopitar <laughs> Again, we're going to be saying this guy's name a lot tonight. Uh, he has a nice little tip on a, uh, on a, I think it was a Drew Doughty shot. Um, but this goal, this goal is, is you know, the, the main issue with the Jets tonight is the goals that they allowed uh, were just off of small little mistakes. Again, the first goal was off of Pionk's holding call that probably, again, it, it was just a, a bad call or a bad penalty to take. Um, this one... Uh, Saku Manalainen gets the puck in the defensive, the left defensive corner. He doesn't have a player on him immediately, uh, and he fumbles the puck. He just kind of loses it. Like it, there wasn't a guy on him yet at the time, but he uh, he it gets turned around. He loses the puck in his skates. I'm not too sure exactly what happens, but then once they get pressed on him, uh, the puck gets cycled up to the to the point again over to Doughty. Doughty rips a shot. And Kopitar has his goal. And again, you got, you have to get that puck out, Manalainen. You absolutely need to. Uh, the, again, this this guy is not, I, I don't want to pick on Saku Manalainen every night, but he is, he has only provided usefulness to the Jets on the PK. Other than that, though, he's been a bit of a liability. The puck dies on his stick in the offensive zone. In the defensive end, if he can't go boards and out, there's no... Like, he's not making nice outlet passes or anything like that. 
Uh, it's very frustrating. He doesn't have the 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 skating ability to just take it up the boards. Um, very, very rough. Those are the mistakes that a Stanley Cup winning team, or even a contender, sorry. Uh, I'm not going to jump that far. Those are the mistakes you cannot make. That's a goal that you should not give up. That's a routine breakout. And that was tough. And and I'm now noticing that I'm saying this after after I said that the Jets uh, transition game was good. Not on this one. Um, and then what happens again? Anze Kopitar tips another puck in and uh, he has a hat trick. And now it's 3-3. You know how we were feeling in that first period? Gone. Done. Two goal lead? Gone. Uh, Jets got a battle back. Uh, luckily, Kevin Stenland... Boy, oh boy, my boy, Kevin Stenland. And finally, finally, everyone, we finally get a goal <laughs> from the bottom six. Uh, this is what, what we needed. Like it's, And that's what also makes this loss so much more frustrating. Like, you got good goal. You got Josh Morrissey scoring two goals, a four-point night. Mark Shifley looked good in transition. I'm going to bag on bag on him in a bit, but we'll get there. Kyle Connor looked looked fantastic. He was making nice little plays, nice moves. Again, a rips a, a beautiful shot. Uh, he was looking good. Uh, Nino Niederreiter's throwing the body. He's looking good. Ehlers, eh, pedestrian night. It was fine. I don't I don't blame him for anything here. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll I, not a lot to talk about in regards to him. Um, but that's what makes this so much more frustrating is you get your help from the bottom six. Finally, something we've been yelling and screaming for, for so long. Uh, Kevin Stanley, uh, he outbattles Sean Dursey in the corner, uh, you know, sees the open ice, walks out and just rips a shot right over Phoenix Copley's shoulder. Uh, fantastic goal. Great. The Jets are back up 4-3. You know what you shouldn't do? You know it's you know it's a bad thing to do once you you know you get your lead back finally. Uh things that I would suggest not doing is taking a penalty immediately. Immediately after uh after you score to go back up. Uh <laughs> Logan Stanley takes one of the dumbest penalties I have ever seen. Uh and he is goddamn lucky that this this didn't end up being the thing that you know led to a goal for the Kings uh, because, you know, actually now that I think of it, I, he might've even got benched after that. I don't, I don't remember seeing him on the ice much after that, but um, regardless there's, you know, Jets win the draw comes back to Stanley. He dumps it in. And as he's dumping it in Blake Lazat Blake Lazat Blake, I think it's Blake uh, Lazat hits him this tiny little guy. He's like five, nine. I say that I'm like, I'm also five, nine, but um, this little guy hits six, seven Logan Stanley, barely a bump uh, as Stanley's, you know, passing the puck up the ice. And what does Stanley do? He turns around and cross checks him right in the face. Um, I was surprised that this was only two minutes. Uh, maybe I, I, I would assume the reason is because there was no intent to injure there. Um, obviously we saw Blake Lazat was, uh, was, was bleeding on the play. It was looked like it was on his nose. Um, luckily it wasn't, you know, anything too bad. Good. I'm happy. He's not, you know, missing teeth or anything like that. That's a really dangerous play for Logan Stanley to do. And I'll be honest with you, Logan Stanley should probably take more penalties, uh, than he does. Like he should be called for more penalties than he does. Cause he's cross-checking all the time out there, but that's, uh, neither here nor there. That's just a comment on NHL officiating. Um, but just an absolutely boneheaded uh penalty to take especially with the time of the game like you just got your lead back 
and you're going to potentially throw it away. Uh, luckily, the Jets end up killing off the penalty, uh, but not before. Uh, who was it? Um, Brendan Dillon also takes a cross-checking penalty. So, uh, guys, you, you got to take your hands off your stick. Only only one hand. Let go with one. Just push. Just push, and you're good. Um, <laughs> uh, and this was also a little frustrating because right before then, there was a, a kind of a breakaway that we had on on the penalty kill, and Sacramento line was held up and uh, and no call. But then, of course, we get our our second cross-checking in, in a couple minutes. Uh, it, was, it was the right call. Dylan absolutely cross-checks him. But, uh, again, go on to the PK, and uh, boy, oh, boy, as always, the best PK guy on the Jets is the man in net, number 37, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, makes some beautiful saves. I think there was there was one where it was off of a redirection, as well as the one where uh, he makes a really nice glove save. Just, uh, again, hats off to him, at always. Um, always keeping the Jets in it. It is what it is. And then this is when after the after the Jets kill the uh, the penalty, that's when we get our big Nino hit, uh, which leads into a you know big scrum. As I said, uh, the Jets end up on the PK just due to the fact that uh, the initial hitting, and then uh, you know coincidentals. Who cares about that? So uh, the Jets go on to the PK for uh, for two minutes, and this is when. Adam Lowry brings the puck up the ice, and I turn. I t I literally said to my girlfriend, I turn over to her, I just go, "It will be very Adam Lowry to score, uh, you know, to finally break his goal, his goalless streak with a shorthanded goal here." Uh, so he comes in, and I guess maybe Drew Doughty was thinking the same thing because there was already one man on Adam Lowry, uh, but <laughs> Drew Doughty figures I got to go help too, uh, which leaves Kevin Stenland wide open in front with a nice one-timer a beautiful saucer pass from adam lowry like fantastic uh hats off to him and kevin stanlin has a second goal of the game my boy stenny uh i was i was so fired up at this point the jets go back up 5-3 we got the two goal lead back uh you know finished with the period both periods with a two goal lead fantastic let's go jets we got this let's, let's just lock it down the third period no big deal <laughs> we'll get there. Um, <laughs> either way, it's been uh, you know just a, a really, a really wild, uh, a really wild game. <sighs> Third period starts. Who else but Anze Kopitar? Uh, Anze Kopitar gets kind of a. There was kind of a like a, a half like a, a regroup that the the LA Kings kind of had to do, uh, not too deep into their zone. And uh, this one, I'm going to put the bullhorns on Adam Lowry. I found that he was the one who probably should have had the coverage here. Um, Anze Kopitar skating up the middle of the ice uh, is, isn't contested until he gets into the own zone or into the, excuse me, until, until he gets into the jet zone. And, uh, and he doesn't miss those. His fourth of the night, uh, Anze Kopitar scores to make it five, four. He's got every single one of the Kings goals. Um, so yeah, so just uh, you know, game continues on. It keeps going back and forth. The PP uh, comes up pretty short for the Jets. Uh, you know, which honestly, it is what it is. I'm just glad to see we got some five v five goals today. Uh, the Jets have not been able to score at, at even strength uh, for a long time now. So uh, I'm 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 okay with the power play maybe not being fantastic tonight. 
But uh, re regardless, not the point. Uh, I Again, I, another note I just had down here, I just wanted to give another shout-out to Morgan Barron, uh, just absolutely battling in the corner. Uh, he also kind of stands up for Adam Lowry after one after a hit from Arvidsson that seemed like it was maybe, maybe a boarding. Uh, I'm not too sure, but, um, but regardless, he, th he throws Victor Arvidsson off of him. Uh, so, you know, just a little hat tip to him. The Jets get a 2-on-0, Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor going up the ice. Ooh, we usually know how this ends. Uh, let me guess. Is it a pass and no shot? It's a pass and no shot. <sighs> like, guys, you guys are up one goal. This is not the time to be like, no, 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 you score, you score. Oh, you want me to score? No, you score. Um... But it is what it is, you know. Uh, it, again, I'm not saying this if uh, if Kyle Connor ends up finishing on that goal, uh, but it is a very tough thing to see in a one goal game. But uh, but again, another another power play for the Jets, and uh, on a, on a pretty weak tripping call, by the way. But this is right after that two on zero. Uh, Shifley's behind the net and just kind of locks skates with one of the um, with one of the Kings. And uh, anyways, they go to the power play, nothing again. Oh. And then the tying goal. All right. So I want to preface this and say I want to acknowledge the fact that Dylan Sandberg blew a tire. It is what it is. I can't remember who he was on the ice with uh, at the time of this goal. I think it was Pionk, just based on the way he was kind of uh, edging out the guy on the boards. But it's a two-on-two. And Neil Pionk pins the guy up against the boards. He gets the puck up. And Dylan Sandberg, unfortunately, uh, blows a tire. And uh, finally, not Anze Kopitar. Gabe Velarde walks in and rips it top corner. But my issue here, my issue here, and I kind of uh, kind of alluded to this earlier on, mentioning that, you know, I, I, I'm not too sure about Connor Shifley-Wheeler uh, in the sense of, you know, their capabilities in the defensive zone. This goal starts from a very innocent little play that Josh Morrissey makes in the offensive zone. He gets it at his left side, and he doesn't really have any options. No one's really open, uh, but he does see some open space on the you know the the corner that's diagonal to him. Uh, so what he does is he just kind of feathers a path, a path, a pass <laughs> into uh, into the open space there. And Blake Wheeler is in front of the net, and this is where my first frustration on this uh, on this happens. Uh, he looks gassed. He looks absolutely gassed. He doesn't make an effort to go for this open puck and just lets the Kings player get it. Uh, Kyle Connor was kind of in near the same area, but I would say that you know if I was in his skates, I definitely would have been like, okay, Wheeler's going to be the guy pressing on this guy. I should get back a little bit now, and he does start to skate back. Uh, but regardless, the Kings get in and come up the ice. Um, what then happens is, uh, you know, like I said, it's a two-on-two -two in regards to two forwards against two Jets defensemen. Uh, but the entire Connor Shifley-Wheeler line does not continue skating back. They kind of start gliding in the neutral zone. And then when it's very obvious that the Kings have a, you know, a breakaway in on the net. Then Mark Shifley starts jumping. Then he starts going, oh, fuck, let me try to get back. Uh, and just isn't able to catch up to Gabe Velarde. It is 
so frustrating. And uh, I, you know, I tweeted about this and I, I mentioned that this was a very vintage uh, Connor Shifley Wheeler play where, uh, you know, no one is back checking. Um, and so, you know, some, some people were like, you know, it, yeah, it's totally the forward's fault when the, the defenseman, you know, loses on a two on two. Um, I don't care. I don't care. And, and it absolutely was, you know, you can, you can put the goat horns on Sandberg. He's the guy who fell over. He's the guy who wasn't able to cover his man, but in a game where like, l- like, let's be honest here. This is the most must win the J- the Jets have had all year by far. We talk about must win games. This was a must win game. This is the last game before the trade deadline. The Jets have been on a, you know, have won one game out of the past six only because Connor Hellebuck stood on his head and made 50 saves. Um, and it is, there's four minutes left. There's four minutes left in a one goal game. You need to be preparing for the worst. Mark Shifley, you need to get your ass back in that zone, and you need to understand that you are there to provide some support for the defense. If they end up getting the puck, you need to be there for a quick pass so then you can go back up the ice and get it out of your zone. Or in in you know, in in case of emergency, smash glass, you need to get your ass back there and put some pressure on a guy who's coming in all alone on your goalie. You guys have let in four goals already at this point. You know the Kings can come back. They've done it to you multiple times already tonight. They have erased your two-goal lead already twice. What are you doing? I I just don't under I don't get it. There's there's just a lack of of understanding the situation that the Jets are in. And like I I I don't I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't know what to tell you. I don't I feel crazy because it's so obvious. It's so obvious. And and Mark Shifley's done a lot of work this year to to try and get rid of the, you know, the defensive liability uh uh tag. He's done a lot better this year, but by god, it only matters in <laughs> at the times that it matters. It it sorry, it doesn't matter if you're not doing it in the times that it matters the most. Anyways, the the Kings end up scoring. Uh, as I said, Gabe Velarde puts it in over Connor Hellebuck's shoulder. A great shot by him. Not much Hellebuck can do on this. And again, all these goals, none of them, absolutely none of them are Connor Hellebuck's fault. Two of them were were uh, tips. One of them or two of them were just guys skating in and having like an uh, an empty lane. Um, is that all of them? I think I can't remember. That's four only that I mentioned. I don't know. Regardless, none of them were none of them were the the his fault. It just just brutal on the Jets uh front. You guys had to lock they had to lock this game down. They had to and they did not. And now we go to overtime where uh you know, I don't really usually like to write a lot of notes in overtime. It's just kind of a very obvious thing as to what's going on. You know, sometimes it's over right away, sometimes it's not. Uh you know, overtime goes back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, and what ends up happening is, um, there were multiple times where, where Kyle Connor should have shot the goddamn puck. What have we been yelling about for so long? And I under I understand it's three on three overtime. I understand that as soon as you shoot the puck, you do not have the puck. And therefore the other team, uh, can get the puck and come back on your, on your, on your zone. But also when you shoot the puck, you can potentially score. Uh, and there were multiple times tonight where Connor, uh, geez, I keep wanting to say Kyle, Connor Hellebuck, Kyle Connor, 
uh, kind of reverted back to what what has been plaguing the Jets uh, during this this you know this slide. Um, the Jets just need to shoot the goddamn puck. Just shoot the puck. Just shoot the puck. Oh my God! Just shoot the goddamn puck. Uh, and they finally do end up getting a shot. It's Morrissey off to the side. And again, I don't blame Morrissey for that shot. There was no time left in overtime. You have to shoot it at that point because no one else can get... There's not going to be another opportunity to shoot. Goes to shootout. Uh, you know, Mark Shifley doesn't score. Uh, Gabe Velarde doesn't score. Kyle Connor gets absolutely robbed by Phoenix Copley with his little little kick up uh, on the. Uh, that's not really a scorpion save, but he does a nice little kick up to uh, get a little bit of uh, extra, you know, coverage by the pad on Connor. Uh, Kyle Connor, not Connor Hellbuck. Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. Um, <laughs> Adrian Kempe goes and he uh, he ends up scoring, and uh, and there it is. Blake Wheeler comes out, which I you know. I want to be critical of that decision, but I'm also like, I, I don't know who else I would have gone with. Maybe Ehlers. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure who the Jets, uh, you know, shootout guys are supposed to be, but, um, but alas, they haven't had to go to the shootout much this year. And, uh, and the Jets get a, get a shootout loss tonight. They do get one point, which is very helpful. Um, I didn't pull up the standings. I should have. Hmm. Anyways, uh, regardless, I'm pretty sure they're still in the uh, in the wild card uh, in the West. Here, it looks like they are in fact still behind the the other uh, teams in the Central. Uh, yeah, they are. They are still behind the Avalanche. The Avalanche have uh, 73 points, and they are in third. The Wild in second uh, with 74. The Stars in first with 75, and the Jets in fourth with 72. And alas, the Winnipeg Jets fall to the LA Kings. 6-5 in shootout. Again, a game that I think I think the Jets gave us reason to at least feel better about the team. But uh, some old habits do die hard. Some mistakes that are made. And uh, unfortunately, the Jets just aren't able to eke it out. Uh, I'm going to take a, a little... A little uh, sip of water here. Take a look at the uh, at the chat and see what people are saying, and uh, and then we're gonna talk a little little trade deadline. I think because today was a little crazy, um, but alas, let's uh, let's continue here. Let me just take a little little sip and read through your comments. Uh, of course, if you if you are here, please uh, please like the stream. We got a decent little turnout here tonight. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, you know, if you're listening on the audio portion later on, obviously join us. Uh, you know, join us in person, not in person, but uh, live uh, on YouTube. Uh, it's a lot of fun here in the chat. Again, taking a sip. Okay. All right. So, stressful Gengar in the chat. There is a lack of care. Players don't seem to care. We should blow it up. Uh, Jets need to shoot the puck. I agree. And especially in OT, I agree. Uh, Lazy KO comes in here saying, <laughs> so how does one fix this team? Ugh, good thing I'm not the GM because I don't know. Uh, it is it is rough. Uh, and Noah Lafort, one of the uh, the chat MVPs, of course. CLC was buzzing tonight, chanting Nino when he was fighting. Fantastic! I'd love to hear it. Uh, what else we got here? Do 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 do. 
Chevy uh, from Baby Yoda. Chevy should go. Blow it up. Too many losses. Well, it looks like everyone's pretty down on the team. Um, <laughs> I understand why. It's been a really tough uh, couple weeks as a Jets fan, but I don't know. There's something about tonight's game that I felt... I felt a little, I felt at least a little bit better. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be really tough for Kevin Sheveldayoff. I do not envy his uh, his position here tonight um, because, you know, again, like I said, there are reasons to believe that the Jets could, uh, you know, could be a good team if they add a couple more, you know, Nino Niederreiter esque players um, to round out, you know, the middle six. I think that they they can definitely get at least get some something done in the playoffs here. Do they deserve it? That's for you uh, and Kevin Cheveldayoff to figure it out. But you know, today was a wild day on the trade front. Uh, you know, looking at you know, we we've all been talking about how the the fact that the the East is is kind of crazy. And that the East constantly is adding. Obviously, <laughs> Toronto made how many deals today? Uh, moving some of their young pieces out, getting Eric Gustafson, getting uh, who else did they get? Jeez, um, <laughs> uh, who else? Oh, uh, they brought in Sam Lafferty and uh, and Jake McCabe after already bringing in Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, it's an absolute arms race uh as many people have said in the east whereas the west have not done much to add uh although today we did finally get some uh some action in the east or sorry in the west uh no, most notably is uh the oilers moving on from tyson berry and getting in uh, matthias Eckholm, uh another team who uh you know uh, much more important to the jets uh the minnesota wild ended up adding um what's his name uh marcus johansson uh, so again, they're rounding their their team off, and it seems like it's things are starting to happen in the West. Uh, obviously, we know what's going on around the Kings and Jacob Chikorin. Uh, that's been going on for a while now. Uh, myself, or sorry, not myself, with, with the Jets, you know, maybe they might be in on a Chikorin. Well, you know, who's to say? Uh, but there are still a lot of players out there, and uh, you know, if as I was saying, you know, we had we had Nick Lynham on uh, over the weekend. He's been uh, he's been tweeting out a lot of stuff uh, in regards to the Jets. I obviously suggest you go give him a follow. Um, but he's been now kind of touting the dramas of saying uh, things along the lines of Chevy is probably going to end up waiting till the end of the week, trying to get some bargains. As now a lot of teams have kind of. Uh, you know, taking themselves out of uh, of certain trade conversations. Obviously, uh, you know, I don't think New York's gonna be m making much more, many more moves, considering now they have Patrick Kane and they had to wait till 5 p.m. to even get that deal done. Um, you know, again, the Leafs, the Lightning, all these guys. Tanner Janot, I didn't even mention Tanner Janot getting getting traded for a first, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth, and and Cal Foot, who was once a first. Um, <laughs> But as I said, you know, a the, the suitors for, for a lot of trades are starting to thin out now. Uh, and But obviously that's going to happen when, um, you know, the big the big fish are coming off the market. Obviously, Timo Meyer's already moved. Um, you know, everyone's starting to move. But there's still a decent amount of players available on the trading block right now. Obviously, one that the Jets were linked to earlier on was a JV, was JVR from the uh, the Flyers. It seems like the action around him is is kind of died down. I think his agent was trying to uh, pump up the you know the the discussion around him. However, it seems from what I've at least gathered from the insiders that he is not uh, you know 
he is not getting as much traction as others. So that's a guy who I can see, uh, you know, Chevy waiting to the last minute and then coming in and seeing what he can do in regards to, uh, you know, maybe getting that done. Um, other than that, you know, there's obviously Jacob Chikrin we're all waiting for, but, um, you know, the Leafs are out on him now. There's news that the, um, who is it? Uh, the, the, the Kings, the Kings are, are potentially in on a Gavrikov deal, um, and Corpusalo from, uh, from obviously the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's another team that potentially could have been a chicken landing spot that has now, uh, has kind of, you know, gone away. Um, and then again, the, the conversation comes back to do the Jets deserve to add? Has this team given uh, Kevin Dayoff reason to believe in them? In my opinion, I don't think that matters. I think what matters now is that the Jets are kind of like they're kind of locked into a, a space where either they have to completely blow it up uh, and, you know, and just get ahead of all the PLD stuff. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening just because. Uh, you know, there's only what, like three days until the trade deadline. So I don't think that there's enough time to drum up the interest. And of course, all the other teams, uh, all all of the contenders, at least have already done their adding and have already spent uh, a bunch of draft picks, a bunch of young prospects, whoever it is. So I don't see that being the case here to to for the Jets. So the other options, you either stand pat or you go for it. And with where this Jets core is like, you got to do something at some point. There's you got Connor Hellbuck for this year and next. You got Mark Shifley for this year and next. You got Blake Wheeler for this year and next. You got Nino Niederreiter for this year and next. You have this year and next to get something done. And you potentially have Pierre Dubois for this year and next, uh, assuming he just you know signs a qualifying offer with the Jets. Um, although we're not sure that that's going to happen. He might push for a trade. Who knows? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. The point is, the time is now. And with the West being mostly wide open, of course, now you're seeing uh, some contenders get a, a couple more players on their team. Uh, again, Edmonton adding on the back end. Matias Eckholm's a great add. Um, you know, the Wild, uh, who else was it? The, 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 the Knights ended up adding. Um, Ivan Barbashev. Uh, there's been a lot of deals happening, starting to happen in the West, and so, but at the same time, none of these big hitters are really, uh, are really coming to the to the West. Like all the big hitters, Timo Meyer, you know, Patrick Kane, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Jake McCabe, all these guys are in the East. So the 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 West is still pretty wide open. You know, I've I've even as I just went down the standings of the Jets uh, for for the Central, uh, the Jets are are like. Are three points, three points back, four points back, four points, three points back, three points back. Are three points back from first place? Obviously, games in hand are all different, but um, you know, it, if the Jets turn this season around, and there's still a lot of time to it, they could easily win the division. They could. They could also just as easily fall completely out of playoff contention. That's on the players and the team to figure out and what to do. Um, and again, I don't envy Kevin Shovel Day off, and now. Unfortunately, like this is the last game before the trade deadline. What are you supposed to do? Uh, a game that, in my opinion, inspired a little bit of confidence to show that you know my team isn't as bad as it once you know as as we saw over the past what two weeks. But you still lose. You still lose, and uh, you know good teams find a way to win. Unfortunately, the Jets lose tonight. So. It's going to be a very interesting uh, case for Shevin, Kevin 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 Chevel Dayoff. 
uh, and see what he does. I still think the Jets do end up making a couple more additions just because they do have the cap space. Uh, again, they made the cap space by trading Little's deal uh, along with Nathan Smith. Uh, I think that they will make more moves. And uh, as just as uh, as Elliot Friedman said, uh, you know, he once he said on his his podcast on Sunday that he thinks the Jets are done and then immediately walked that back and said, I wish I hadn't said that, um, which more or less means to me the Jets are still talking to people. So uh, I would expect to come back to the game on uh, on Friday against the Oilers, uh, you know, with some more trades to talk about for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but like I said, this is the last game before the trade deadline, so it'll be inter- interesting to see what Kevin Dayoff decides to do. Um, he's the one who uh, who holds the keys here. Uh, it's either time to you know push the chips into the middle and go all in, or it's time to uh, maybe fold. Who's... Who's to say? Not me for sure. But regardless, uh, you know, I I thank you all for tuning in here tonight with me. It was was a bit of a longer uh, a longer pod tonight. I uh, just felt like I had to go through the entire game and just kind of go through the roller coaster that it was. Um, but like I said, we'll see what happens come trade deadline. Announcement: uh, <laughs> Game Over is having a uh, a little trade deadline show. It's gonna be. Pretty much right after um, the trade deadline actually hits, we're not going to be doing the uh, standard, uh, you know, throughout the day, you know, <laughs> twiddling our thumbs while no deals come in, especially considering what we've seen today. It seems like uh, most of the trades are going to happen before Friday, but we will be doing basically kind of like a recap show um, with all the different markets. It'll be hosted by Audie James, uh, the Game Over Calgary host, one of the Game Over Calgary hosts. Uh, and yours truly will be making a little bit of an appearance on it at some point, hopefully getting to talk about some more additions uh, from the Jets. But regardless, it is a fun time of year. Uh, make sure you get keep your uh, your notifications on for uh, for Mr. Friedman and uh, Sarah Valley and all the guys. Uh, don't get fooled by fake accounts. There's a lot of them out there and uh, it should be a lot of fun in the next few days. Uh, regardless though, thank you all for tuning in. Please do follow us on Twitter at SDPN sports. You'll get all the information on the trade deadline show there. Um, you know, follow us on YouTube or subscribe on YouTube. If you're not, uh, follow us on audio, follow myself, uh, at NHL chunky on Twitter, follow, uh, mine and Liss's. Uh, we have a podcast of our own called can teach size. Uh, we will also have a recap of the trade deadline coming out there likely with uh with one of our friends who's been on the podcast before uh little mikey stevens maybe so uh you know if we if we can get the timing working out there we'll probably have him on uh but regardless i'm awful at outros <laughs> i just keep rambling on uh follow list at list hood on uh on twitter and myself of course anyways that's it we're done no more outro thank you all for tuning in have yourselves a wonderful day enjoy the rest of your week stay safe have fun Peace out. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.